Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 94, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. founder numero uno, and I am joined by my co-host, who is currently in the on-deck circle. Let's see what's going on with him. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great... Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hello, hello. How are you? Not too bad. How are you doing, dude? I am okay. It is like 68 degrees in Atlanta in mid-December, so it's a little strange. I'm literally wearing shorts right now. Yeah, I was telling you, it's like 37 in Texas, so it's headed your way for sure. I was oh, just we, we were just getting ready for the show, and I was like. I was wearing my hood on my hoodie and everything, and I was like, this doesn't feel right. So I took that off, and I was like, I'm not wearing a baseball hat. That's the biggest problem. I always wear a baseball hat when we record this yeah. show. I was wondering why the hood was on. This was weird. Yeah, I don't know. Just try to do something different. It didn't work. I wasn't feeling the energy. I wasn't feeling good. So yeah, we got to correct I it. <laughs> we got to correct it quick. But uh, yeah, man, crazy free agency and everything going on right now. Is, I mean, it's we. Excellent. I know you've been off for a little bit, but it's been wild so far, hasn't it? Oh, yes. Many moves, many good moves. Some huge, some not so huge, some might say. Definitely. So I want to dive into like what all moves there are uh, that have happened so far, I should say. And then I all, but I want to like start kind of like picking your brain a little bit about the economics of this because I was thinking about this yesterday. So, like, this winter meeting slash free agency beginning has been the busiest in probably like two or three years. I mean, is that okay. pretty fair? It's fair. I mean, it seems like in the last few years, we've wait, had people waiting until like spring training to sign. And you've seen a lot of big deals happen really like, I mean, first day of winter meetings and it hasn't really stopped. No, it hasn't stopped. It's been a nonstop roller coaster of moves, which has been a lot of fun for us as fans. And I've got to think that if you're a player, it's fun too, right? You're not, I don't think we're going to run into any Dallas Keuchel or Craig Kimbrell situations where they get signed in like June or whatever. Yeah, see, like that just seems ridiculous. But then there's still, I mean, it's kind of funny you mentioned Dallas Keuchel there because, like, he's not signed right now. And you just wonder how long that's going to take. And it's the same kind of thing as it was last year. So, like, I don't know that we're not at some, like, kind of hybrid of how it used to be where things just kind of started off with a bang and, like, a lot of deals got done all of a sudden. Or if we're kind of going to balance that out with some of that, like, let's still be assholes and wait it out and see how it goes. Yeah, it is a little bit of a hybrid. I think we we had the big domino fall uh, last year and we had the big domino fall this year. Um, but there's like quite a few large signings this offseason that's made it made it a lot of fun to be a part of. I mean, as far as last season, the one that I remember most is obviously Manny Machado. Manny Machado but, and Bryce Harper. And Br- well, and Br- that, that's kind of a given. <laughs> that didn't big even domino really, Harper. That didn't even specifically need to be said. I, I'm really curious like I, I just I feel like when I look at some of the numbers on these deals like even last year and this year 
specifically. Like you're looking at these Mike Trout deals that are like four hundred and fifty million dollars over twelve or thirteen years or something like that. Yeah. Like the market's got to correct itself a little bit there at some point. Like that's an astronomical amount of money. Yeah, I mean, it really puts into context how big A Rod's contract was, dude. Back then. I was thinking about that <laughs> this morning. Yes, in ninety eight dollars or whatever, nineteen ninety eight dollars, whatever year that was, um, incredible sum of money. Yeah, what was it? Ten years, two seventy five. I thought, I thought it was a clean two fifty, but I'm not sure. Something like that. Regardless, it was a lot of money, and it's it was incredible. I mean, Garrett Cole just signed you know three hundred and twenty four million over ten years with the Yankees, or over oh seven God. years with the Yankees. We'll get into that though. But like that doesn't. It feels like we've gone like really far in this, but it also doesn't feel like we've come that far as far as value goes. So like, but I just do feel like that's just an absurd amount of money, and there's just no way it's going to be worth it. Like, I love Mookie Betts and everything, but like giving him like. million just seems absurd to give it to any player, like no matter who it is. Isn't it uh, indicative of the health of the sport and the league that things cost so much? Mm -hmm. Like if this sport were to continue to like dwindle in viewership and attendance and revenues were starting to go down like more drastically, you'd think that there'd be less of this. Mm -hmm. When you feel like in the last couple of years, you've seen, I think it's a mix of a couple things. I think it's a mix of teams like, like let's talk about the Rangers. So we'll get into the Rangers moves in a minute, but like the Rangers specifically have not really, I wouldn't say they've strived to be competitive in the last couple of years. Like they've been sellers when they've needed to be sellers. You can say what you want to say if you like. No, no. I think that's a good thing though, but they haven't tried to put all their chips in whenever that may not, that may not be the time to do that. And like in turn, they've done a lot of things to be able to acquire Corey Kluber, which they just did the other day. You know, we'll get again, we'll get into these specific moves, but what? like we got Corey Kluber? Yes. Nobody we'll, told me. I know, we'll get into this specifically. But like <laughs> what I'm saying is though that like they've they've known when the market is is what it is, and sometimes it makes sense to wait a little bit and yeah. you know, maybe rebuild another year and then go all in the the following year when you're not dealing with like like the thing about like the Rangers, their specific situation is that they'll be competing against the Yankees when they're at the tail end, when people like Aaron judge walk out the door or whatever, you know, whatever's going to happen in the future, they're trying to be the next up is kind of the idea. And so I feel like teams are starting to understand like as a, a market as a whole, like, Hey, we know what we are. We're not very good. So let's not go out and spend a shit ton of money trying to plug one hole. Yeah. And we've got a lot of them. And so th- as it relates to the Rangers, do you think that the Astros being so good might have added a year to that? They're Absolutely. Like, oh, well, the Astros window is still really big and wide open. Maybe we like don't try because we know that there's stiff competition in division. Dude, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And I, I think that matters. Like, I think that's that's understanding what you are at that point in time. And you got to think that like, you know, and so maybe we came to a point in the last two years where like that just coincided for a lot more of the league than usual. So you don't have as much competition to bid. I mean, Bryce Harper was supposed to make like four hundred million dollars. What did he have signed for? Uh, I forget the. Ex- I'm pulling up the exact contract right now. It was a lot. It was a lot of money, but way more years than we thought there would be. Twelve for thirteen. Let's see. Just want to make sure we have the exact figure right. He has. It's three hundred and thirty million over thirteen years. One year <laughs> into it now, like that's an absurd amount of money and time, and like. <laughs> Man, you sign one of those contracts wrong, and you get it. You just happen to get it wrong, and say he just decides to start getting injured, 
not not the size, but his body starts to get injury prone. Like, I mean, that could be money right down the drain. And, oh yeah, that's, this happens all the time in all of the sports. People sign yeah. X and then they get injured forever, and they're like, "Well, um, here's your money." Yep. I mean, well, they have insurance for stuff like that too, and that probably makes a big difference yeah. too, right? Like that's you know, the, there is that part of it, but you got to wonder. Like I, I've just been trying to think about like what the difference between like this year versus the last two or so has been, and it just it feels like teams are trying to get a little bit more all in. They're trying to get a little bit more competitive, which is driving some of this stuff up. I mean, there was a legit bidding war between the Yankees and the Angels for Garrett Cole. Yeah, I mean, every team has the money to sign most of these guys. Correct. It's just a matter of whether they want to do it or not. Right. And that's because I don't know when they started um, the revenue sharing between all the teams. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not been that long since that started. Correct. And that's starting to sort of make waves and teams having the money to things that even the Yankees could do as well. Yeah, exactly. It takes away some of that competitive advantage. And if you think about it from a, you know, like an owner perspective, like you have this situation where it's like, my team isn't very good. I'm not going to spend a bunch of money because revenues and everything are already down as it is. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to make as much money, which is this is the other side of the player empowerment problem but owners are thinking i don't i'm not making as much money as i want to be here so let's you know kind of slash payroll and not bring in manny machado or you know whatever who plug player name in like we're not bringing that person in when it doesn't make sense to do that now you're always going to have dumb clubs that do dumb shit and we're going to get into that here in a minute too but like yes you're always going to have those owners that think they know better right but like at the end of the day like it just it feels like the market is is different now than it was yeah i think it is um and that's a good thing i think it's for the best what's happening right now absolutely because you had a big player empowerment kind of movement i would say but like baseball has been the least affected by that i would say so far as far as you know how things go but i mean there's going to be some aggressive changes coming down the pipe here and it's going to be interesting yeah i'd love to be a fly on the wall when an owner has in front of him projections for if you don't sign Manny Machado versus if you do, like how much more money are you going to make if you do sign this guy? Dude, it's got to come into your brain, right? Or like the (laughs) win-loss record versus revenue. It's like if we go, you know, like 80 and 82 or 80 and 84, then like whatever. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And like, I mean, I've sat right here and shit on the Red Sox for doing the exact same thing for not going over the luxury tax tax and everything like that and i mean i'm also a proponent of don't tell them how to spend their money either but at the same time like it just feels like in in the grand scheme of things when you're a multi multi multi-billionaire that an extra 20 million to make your asset worth more money in the long run it seems like a no-brainer but i guess i'm not in those shoes either right yeah i mean if you sign the manny machado you're pretty much guaranteed a bunch of revenue from all the merchandising on that guy. Right Dude, now. that's what I'm saying. Like it just, it, from a all around business standpoint, it makes a difference. Yeah. Something has changed. I think owners have more money to do uh, a lot of very expensive things mm-hmm. and uh, um, viewing online, I think has changed that a lot. Like there's a lot of people buying MLB.TV and I think viewership in that, light is probably going up yeah i think it's probably just how you access it differently i would say i would argue that it's easier to be a fan of an away team now than it's ever been Mm -hmm. because you can you can watch every single game you know i can attest to this i set up 
uh, a TV down in my home gym, mm-hmm. and I got my MLB.TV app all set up. I'm ready to rock and roll when the season starts and do some rowing for like seven and a half hours. How long are baseball? Games? Oh, like seven and a half hours, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I'll I'll probably roll, you know, like the length of uh, Lake Michigan or something. Yeah, and back. The game's over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I'm with you, man. Like, and like it, I'm because I'm the same way where like I don't live in the market that, you know, my team plays in, but I watch majority of the games every year and it's, it's really easy to do. And so, like, I think, man, like, and that gets into the whole thing that we've talked about before where like MLB doesn't know how to market itself and there's a lot of different issues there. But like, I think at the end of the day, like, the biggest difference to me is that with fans being able to be, anywhere they they can in the country you're ultimately selling more gear because you can be more invested in your team so say say we are both fans of the a's right and like god help us that why would i say that why would i say that i i I understand that that? i'll tell you why though because like the a's are a great example of this where like they're they're a small market team a very very small market team yet people have been able to be more on their bandwagon now than they've ever been and that's more you know I'm with you. I'd rather, you know, walk into the Lake Michigan myself, but like I just I, I I just try to think about it from that standpoint where it's like we're in big market, like mid to big market, you know, fans of teams that are pretty prominent. And yeah, it's just different whenever you're talking about like like no one would really have a reason to be an A's fan except for a specific emotional tie that be, be, makes you get back, right? And like I don't know. I just Maybe that's short-sighted, but I feel like that's where you're seeing the difference. And so there's more despair. Not like there's just not these highs and lows in the league anymore. It's the talent is more equally distributed, I guess. It's flattened out a lot. A anyway, so I, I've thought a lot about that and, and just trying to figure out, like in my head, like why has this been so active? And you know, and I, I think there's a lot of like. I mean, Scott Boris has a lot to do with this. I mean, that man signed $814 million worth of contracts in like three days. What does he, what do you, what does his take? His fees is 5%. 5% of eight hundred and fourteen million dollars Correct. It's like 50 mil. 16, 16 and change or something? Yeah, something like that. He profit, I know he got overall, like he no, netted. Fuck, you're right. Shit, 40 million. Yeah, dude. Like it, they, he he netted. I think his firm like close to fifty million in all of it. After it was also oh and he, and th- that was the first three days of free agency. Like that's crazy, man. And you know, obviously he, I mean, I, I've read a lot about how he like puts together presentations and presents his clients and stuff, and they'll come in there with like anthologies of analytics yeah. and numbers and just just almost too much information, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. I, I subscribe to the theory of confuse and overwhelm. And I think that's probably what he does to some extent. I think it works great with some of these owners and GMs too, dude. It's it's a genius thing, really. Like it, it's I it, I've learned a lot. I've thought a lot about this too, like recently, because like there are so many stories I hear where like a, a an owner and like a GM will be sitting there in the draft and they'll be like, "Okay, we're gonna take this guy. We've done our homework. This is the guy. You know, like this is our guy." And they get there and they're like, "Oh, hey, you know what? Let's pivot and take this guy instead." You know, and it's just like situations like that. It's like, you, just trust what the the numbers tell you. Just trust what these people that you hire around you to give you the information tell you to do and just do it. Like, it's not hard, but it's like the emotional part of it that ownership gets involved. Like the fact that 
So it's funny we've been talking about the Angels already a little bit, but like they signed you know some a couple of really big contracts here recently, and these are the only contracts since the Pujols and Hamilton and C.J. Wilson contracts that the owner himself is negotiating. Oh no! So that should tell you where they're at. But we'll get into uh, yeah, I want to get into the Angels specifically. But anyway, so that that's a little bit about like I guess my thoughts on like where the market's at. I'm just I was curious to know what your thoughts are too. Yeah, no, it's it's good conversation. I like uh, that we're getting into the contract negotiation component of this because you're right, it, it becomes a very emotional decision. And you, if you've ever seen Moneyball, the guys, the original like old school baseballers in the scouts room, like preseason, are, oh, he's got girlfriend problems, and it's like, who cares? It gets on base three forty seven. Yeah, exactly. That's a great like that's a a perfect microcosm from that movie. First of all, that's one of my favorite things about that movie because that's the most baseball old ass logic you can get to. But um, yeah, I mean, it's worrying about things that don't necessarily matter. It's that one thing that makes Mike Trout different than everybody else, and you got to trust the people that have been doing this for thirty years to just they know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's why you hire moment. them. I had a moment today, so we'll get into the acquisitions here shortly, but the Rangers signed Jordan Lyles. Um, I think he was on the Pirates before. Yeah, he was yep. a Pittsburgh Pirate last year, um, and I don't like the way he looks. I think he's like a baby Dustin Pedroia, which is like a baby of a baby. Oh, boy. And I don't, I don't like the way he looks, so I'm probably like pretty low on Jordan Lyles just because of that, but that's why I'm not an owner. Like I would do stupid shit. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like you... But, like, that's the thing, though. Like, think about when we draft our fantasy team. You take that shit seriously because we got money on the line. We've got pride on the line. You know, all that. So it's like you've done the research. Trust what your research tells you. Don't just, yeah, you know, like, it's methodical. And it's, you know, especially if you're going to build a team. I just, I like, I, I was blown away whenever I read that Angels thing that literally the last contracts that that guy negotiated were the Josh Hamilton and Albert Pujols deal, which the Pujols deal probably worked out okay. It's okay. He he's been he's hit a lot of his big career milestones there, and that helps. Yes, it's buttons. Correct, and and that's marketing, and you know all that stuff. So like, that may not have been the worst deal in the world, but the Josh Hamilton thing was inexcusable. Put butts in prison. Yeah, that'll do something, dude. It's just when I think about that, it just, uh, it just feels like someone that's like, okay, you guys are messing this up. It's my money. I'm signing the check, so I'm going to take control of this situation. That's not a good thing. No, not at all. But, you know, I, I guess to get into... So how do we want to do this as far as negotiations? Or, or negotiations, as far as contracts go? Do we want to do we want to go through team by team, or do we want to just... Mm. What do you think? Should we try and do chronologically from, like, Big Domino downstream to today? Is that even plausible? Uh, we, should, we can talk about Garrett Cole. That's a great starting point, don't you think? Yeah, let's start there, and I'll try to find a list of, the like, all the... Everything in order. So, Garrett Cole um, was signed by the Yankees. It's tough. I'm not happy about it either. No. Uh, so he signed... A $324 million contract um, for nine years. Nine years for a pitcher, dude. Nine. That, I mean, so I, I thought about this and like, so David Price signed seven years to 17, which actually right now they're trying to move that contract. So it's actually kind of movable. 
It's not yeah. like they'll have to eat some of that money because it's $32 million a year. But like you were paying for three or four years of David Price and just trying to take a bath on the rest of it. Is that I mean, it's you know what you're paying for. It's those two or three years. It's not the seven years. And that must be and what's going for, on with Garrett Cole here, right? You hope for one year of contention with Price. The Yankees will always, pretty much always be in contention. So they, I guess and they, they always just like poached the guy who did the best last year. And that's not like necessarily the best way to do things. I would like to defend that a little bit. I, I actually, I'm going to defend the Yankees for just a moment because that's actually what they used to do. They really haven't done that in the last few years. I mean, there's obviously your big name signings that are going to want to go to the New York Yankees. Like that's that's a given. But like they mostly homegrown that team that they have right now. Hmm. Okay. Who else? I mean, who else have they brought in? This year, uh, really just Garrett Cole this year, but they're always going after the the best of the field, right? They're going after a role sure. Chapman. Yeah, yeah, I guess a role Chapman, but I mean, who else really? I mean, all I'm saying is like most of those guys, I mean, like your Aaron Judge, your um, just like all those guys, like Gary Sanchez, all those guys came up through their system and everything for the most part. And of course, you're going to go at, I mean, it's not like Chris Sale came up with the Red Sox, really. It's true. So, I mean, um, you're going to go in there and add those pieces. All I'm saying is they've they've definitely homegrown their team more than they ever have. That's true. I think they they take uh, the hybrid approach and do a really good job of throwing money at it. Yeah, and that's fine. Like, that's all you have to do. Like, it, like I've said it a million times, and I, I just I can't get past it. It's not that hard. Just trust right. the research you've done. And you know what? Sometimes shit doesn't work out. But, like, don't go out and just... I don't know. It just it doesn't seem... Like, so whenever I think about, like, Bryce Harper, for example, like, that Phillies team's mostly homegrown as a general, you know, yeah. as a general rule. I mean, most teams are mostly yeah. homegrown. Yeah, for sure. But, like, that's that's really, like, the newer approach as opposed to just going out and signing as many free agent guys as you can. Like, that's it's true. You know, your, your hope is to get younger. And so, like, I just think that when I think about, like, Bryce Harper, it's like that's adding a really good piece to an already pretty damn good lineup. And... You know, sometimes not everything's going to work out the right way, but you fix that as you go. It's just not that hard. <laughs> I just, I really don't think it's that hard. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Said every last, the last words of every dead man. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, I mean, what does that do for the Yankees in your, your mind? Like, I, I mean, there are people running around. I asked Jimmy, Jimmy Midtown about this and I was like, is everybody just running around New York screaming World Series? Is that... Is that happening? He's like, yeah, yep, yes, it is. Okay, well, they're they're allowed to scream that. You know, lots of people do that. That's what the Browns were doing earlier this year. Sure, Um, but we know that that doesn't mean shit. Garrett Cole could go out and like just evaporate after his first pitch, and then it's like, oh well. um, Now (laughs) what? Nothing would make me happier than his arm just to completely fall off. <laughs> no, I, you know, it doesn't mean shit. It really doesn't. It doesn't. No, you're 100 percent correct, and I think that's that's a really interesting point too. Because like, I just you got to look at the risk reward. They they needed an ace. Like the point is, they needed an ace. Like Luis yeah. Severino's really good, but I don't think he's going to be your ace. Like they still have J A Happ. They signed him mid season one year. Yeah, they still trade do. Board. But I think I saw they were trying to trade him, or they did trade him. I I can't remember exactly. But uh, yeah. Regardless, like they needed to add a guy, like a real dominant pitcher. So, like, it, it, 
in that sense, it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes things significantly harder for the Red Sox, but I mean, they've hit Garrett Cole traditionally pretty well, so I'm not too concerned about that. Yeah, it's just it's so hard to say how good a guy is going to be. Like same same thing for the Rangers. Rangers signed Corey Kluber, traded for Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber has been two-time Cy Young Award winner within the last five, four years, five years. Yeah, he's been like one of the top six or seven pitchers every year, and that's great. But like we don't know what that means this season at all. Correct. The that- the data is in our favor, but like I'm not. I'm super excited about it. Don't get me wrong, but like. Until he is, you know, flying by starts after the All-Star break, like, I'm not going to be cheering about it. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, like, so that's a great example of, like... It's I've just a, been burned a lot. I get it. And, I mean, you're telling me, pal. <laughs> I know it. But um, I, I just, I, I agree with that. I think that's kind of the logic there is, like, you're paying, I mean, at the end of the day, you're paying for past results for future projections. That's what you're yes. doing. And yeah. you, I mean, that's, that's part of the game is injuries and all that stuff. And that stuff happens to every team and it stinks. But yeah. I, I just think that you're spending, I mean, I know it's the New York Yankees, but you're spending so much for one guy that, I mean, he's been good. Like he was really good last year, but like, Chris Sale was really, really good the year before, and his arm nearly fell off this year. So, like, I, it just feels like a huge risk to sign a pitcher for that long. I'd rather just I give agree. him more money. Yeah, it's yeah per year, more annual per year. Yeah, the average but they they life. value that safety just like running backs. They value the safety in years on contract. Sure, um, because they know that they're fragile. Yeah, no, and I mean from the player standpoint, of course you're going to want as long as possible. But nine years seems absurd. He's what? How old is he? Uh, I was just going to look at that. Hmm. He's probably uh, 20s. Like older, like later 20s, I think. He (coughs) is 29. Oh, my God. He's born in 1990. Dude, that is not... I mean, last year he had a 250 ERA, but he's, he's got a career of 322. That's mm, not, I mean, I guess that's, is that a really your number one ace? I mean, I guess so, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is for sure. Well, he I know so it's theirs, but like, is that, one. is that really your, like who you'd want for your number one? I mean, yeah, I guess it is right now. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. weird to say that because he was so mediocre before. Yeah. Um, coaching really took hold in Houston. He started dominating. And that brings me to my next point on Garrett Cole. Is he still going to be good under different coaching? Like it's night and day pirate pirates versus Astros. And now he's moving away from the Astros. Did he, is he going to take away all those loanies? Does he require management ongoing to make this performance um, possible? Who knows? You've got to think that that's probably part of the pitch is just the, the staff trying to communicate what they can do for him. Right. I mean, I don't think that he was completely happy in in Houston. Yeah, I don't think so either. But the numbers don't really lie. Um, his ERAs in Pittsburgh all years but one were above three. His last year in Pittsburgh, his ERA was four two six. First year in Houston, two eight eight. Deesh. That's night and day. Night and day and difference. Two 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 five zero last year. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible yeah. ERA. That's that's coaching. 
yep. and maybe you know some development, but that does that require some management? Is he going to be that good in a very very competitive AL East? Maybe not. Yeah, I know it, and that the the thing that popped into my mind when I saw the years and the the money, and I know this is not even really the same player, but it felt like this type of deal. And it was funny because I told Jimmy Midtown the same thing, and he he said, yes, this was the first thing that popped into his head too. This feels like the time that the Yankees signed Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh. And we, oh. we talked about that a little while back, and like I just remember being like, I remember seeing that was like the market, whatever they paid for him. It was like seven years... I don't know. We talked about it during the live streams during the World Series, but like it was like seven years, something like that. And they're just like that was off of the 2013 World Series. He left Boston to go there. And I just remember Mm -hmm. being like, you know what? Like, usually I would kind of be pissed that a dude left Boston to go there. But like I've got I mean, more and more. It's just that's business. But like (laughs) typically I would be, you know, somewhat butthurt. But it was kind of like, you know what? Let those morons go pay what he's going to command because that dude is going to be hurt. And he was hurt that entire contract. And it just, that was the first thing that popped into my head was this feels like Ellsbury. I don't know why, but it mm. does. Yeah, that it's a, it's a good comparison. I mean, they're taking really big risks on really expensive players from time to time. They throw their pocketbook around. And I think they, they know that it's not always going to pan out in that one. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, right? That That's just the business that they're in. So I, I just... I, I see the the vision. I mean, it definitely makes things more difficult in my camp, but you know, bring it on. That's fine. We'll see how it goes. I think that's going to be fine. The one that came before Garrett Cole, if we're ready to move away from Garrett Cole, was Steven yeah. Strasburg. Oh um, right. What did he sign? He for? was five years, right? Let's see. Uh, two hundred forty-five million. Um, why am I having trouble finding this? Uh, with the Nationals for. Seven years. Seven. How much was it? Sorry, three, two, seven, two, forty-five. An average annual annual value of thirty-five mil per year. That's a lot, and he earned that. He was very good last year. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. Um, would you rather have him or Garrett Cole on your staff? Garrett Cole. Yeah, I think so too. I think He's simply the for the durability ERA. standpoint. Yeah, the orchid will not last. No, like he's been hurt uh, before. Strasburg pitched a 3.32 ERA against Garrett Cole's 2.50. There you go. Yeah, that's eight data points. But see, it was it was Strasburg's best year by far. Um, in all the counting stats, he did a great job. Obviously, took the team to the World Series and then won and pitched really, really very well in the World Series against a tough Astros squad. I'm still absolutely astounded that they won the World Series. God, it's such a good story. I'm I'm about it. I like it. Yeah, I'm happy for them, but I feel like I hated them the entire way. Oh, that's okay. I'm 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 glad that I'm getting past it. I think it was just I'm happy because for the Nationals. Me too, especially given that the Astros have become real pieces of shit lately. <laughs> real choke artists. Yeah, a bunch of choke artists that cheat. It's pretty bad to cheat wrong. That's all I can tell you. Cheat and then lose, like yeah. you better win. You, you better win. fucking win if you're gonna cheat. You gotta think that that just was the final topper for Garrett Cole in Houston, right? The cheating thing? Well, I, I mean that like no, more specifically that they didn't put him in that last game. Yes, absolutely. That I mean that's still mind blowing to me. That's you gotta why you AJ gotta hinch is still a piece of shit. True, but you gotta think that things got him there. Other things got him there. To in be the that position pissed. where they didn't put him in. Right. 
Well, yeah. or just that enough pissed him off, and then that was just the final thing where it's like, fuck this, I'm not coming back here. Oh, I'm sure of it. Yeah, you the know. Scott Boris hat thing was great. Yeah, it was. That was one of my favorites. Also saying that he wasn't employed with the team 10 minutes after the World Series is a, is a pretty big flex. <laughs> it's a pretty big flex, yeah. Um, all right, who do we want to go to next? Uh, Rendon. Anthony Rendon signed with the Angels for like a boatload of money. Yeah, it was a lot of money. What's the contract? Let's see. $245 million, seven years. Same as Strasburg. Hmm. With the Angels. With the Angels, who are, I've got to say, looking pretty good. But we've said that last year also. Yeah, and we'll get they turned the, out to be hot trash. We'll get to those Angels here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, um, so like, how do you, like, you obviously wanted him in Texas. Would you have been comfortable with that offer? Yeah, he's good and young and durable. Yeah, I think I so too. I would have been really, ha- I'm super pleased with Kluber. We've got a great looking pitching staff. We need a third baseman, and we need a good third baseman. Mm. That's that's that was my guy. Um, although talks of Arenado being traded are still kind of floating around, they're taking calls on him. Mm. That'd be a substantial financial commitment to a probably my true number one guy. But holy shit, the dude. number one free agent gets for me was Rendon, and we didn't get him. We gave him one. We offered him one less year and like much less money as the starting points, and then we never heard back. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I guess. He wasn't really taking it too seriously. It kind of seemed like they, that he was at first, though. Yeah, I don't know how, you know, JD doesn't seem to really put all the cards on the table right away. Not the right way, anyway. No. But side note, you know you would poop yourself if it, Nolan Arenado came to the Rangers. Oh, I would definitely poop myself. I would give them the entire outfield if we just <laughs> had run without an outfield if we got Arenado. Yeah, it's fine. We'll take care of it. <laughs> Everything's going to the corner anyway. Be- I don't think we'll do anything approaching that level of spend, but dude, I would buy season tickets. I'd be there every single night. He's my favorite baseball player, and it's not even close. He's yeah, sneakily the best player outside of Mike Trout. Yeah, and we don't ever get to watch Mike Trout because the you know West Coast thing. I don't get to watch a lot of lot of Arenado either. It's not that much better. It's two hours <laughs> behind me. It's a nine o'clock first pitch. But yeah, it's true. But you don't have to watch the god awful Angels. So you know we'll. We'll continue to and bag on the Angels. Anaheim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's not get into that argument again. <laughs> um, did you happen to it's hear... It's got a six flags, though. It's true, it does. Did you happen to hear in the last episode that Ben and I did the whole thing about how Garrett Coles, because he was between the Yankees and the Angels, and that his uh, his favorite team growing up was the Yankees, but he's from Anaheim. So it's like, uh, it didn't I really... I do remember, yeah. Yeah. I did listen to that. Yeah, like what what a ridiculous thing where you're from Anaheim but you're a Yankees fan. That just sounds like come on. What do you do? It's doing? just true Yankees fandom, right? It's like, oh, big shiny thing. I'm gonna be a fan of that. The Yankees even brought in Andy Pettit to uh talk to him during the negotiations. I, I know they did. That's unbelievable. And apparently he was like a big like kind of like sway point for him too. That's does Gary Cole have a child's mind or something? I I, I don't know. Apparently so. Let's see how he handles the New York media. Eh? Can't wait. Can't fucking wait. But Rendon is a great get for the Angels. They have Anthony Rendon. They have Mike Trout. They have Shohei Otani. Um, how's their pitching staff looking? So like? that's kind of the problem right now is their <laughs> pitching staff is not great. Uh, look that up real quick. I was looking at um, 
at I was looking into Otani's injury and everything, and they are going to let him pitch and hit next year. Good, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but dude, don't you think he's just going to? Yeah, you're going to love it as a Rangers fan. What am I talking about? He's going to dive into the ground so fast. What the fuck? Okay, so the depth chart for the Angels is clearly broken. It's it lists eight pitchers. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Andrew Heaney, Shohei Otani, Dylan Bundy, uh, Cannon. He's the rookie. Right. Pablo Sandoval. That can't be right. No, that's not right. Patrick Sandoval. Mm, he sounds Whatever. like a real piece of shit. D. Peters, Beria, and Pena. The bottom four like aren't even real. Um. So like, really, nothing to speak of other than Shohei Otani. That seems like you're spending a lot of money to uh to get your ass rocked a lot. That's what it feels like. <laughs> but all the home runs. Lots of home runs for sure. You're just gonna outscore the hell out of every single team. Just mash That's dicks all year. The Rangers philosophy circa every year that they've ever existed. Well, they haven't I don't know. The pitching has never been there. I, I don't know why that is. That's a whole other thing, but Pitchers don't like to pitch outside, and it's fucking hot, and what? it's a hitter's ballpark, and that is all changing now. Pretty pretty crazy, right? Pretty incredible. I got mm. this shirt before they, uh, the X being a part of it. Mm-hmm. Not it's awesome. okay. No, it's not great. Those went on sale right after I got this, and this is the one I want. Good. But yeah, so I think there's reason for concern for them. Like, even though, I mean, Anthony Rendon's a huge addition to Mike Trout, and I... I just don't think the pitching's going to be nearly enough. Like, I don't know what they're going to do for... They don't even really have a lead. I mean, is Otani your ace? Yeah. Dude. That's that's not going to work. That guy's going to get... That's not going to work. That guy's going to get hurt in 15 minutes. So, the, I mean, there's a potential for Griffin uh, Canning. He's their rookie who started last year. He's pretty there's good. potential for him, for him to break out. That would be really good for them. I'm sure they're banking on his developments. Um, but other than that, and him, him and Shohei Otani, like, there's nothing really to speak of. They'll get rocked all day by the Astros. Dude, we'll talk about Madison Bumgarner in a second. But like, how if if you're you're spending, so Rendon's contract was how much? Two forty five. And then Trout's is what? Uh, I think it's one point eight trillion dollars. <laughs> With a T, trillion. It's like four hundred and fifty million, isn't it? Yeah. So we'll call it 450 and then 245. I mean, you're spending 700 million dollars almost on two players. So like 130 million dollars 12 years is my Okay, so yeah, like that you're spending almost 700 million on players, dude. Like what's an extra 100 million to go get mad bum to make sure that you have a lead guy in your rotation? Yeah, how did how did the Rangers not getting on the mad bum situation. He feels like a Texas guy through and through. Dude, I bet he's so difficult to deal with. Oh, he seems like a real piece of shit. Yeah, dude, he really is. Like we I used to love him, but ever since the dirt bike thing happened, he turned into a real asshole. Well, he yeah, I mean, he's he hasn't been right since the dirt bike accident. You heard that here on the outfielder like a million years ago. That's right. Um he he ended the year last year really well. He did. So maybe maybe he'll return and be really good for the Diamondbacks now that he's signed with them, but I'm surprised the Angels didn't go for me there. I'm surprised there weren't a lot more offers for him. I would have thought that the market would have easily netted him the hundred million he was looking for, and he only got to eighty-five. Hmm. So very Maybe interesting. There's something in the medical that we don't know about. That's a very good possibility, and there it probably comes down to a lot of that. And I mean, I mean, there are a lot. There are a good faction of people that I've talked to recently who are 
you know, Rangers fans and like a lot of them are like, oh, like I've just kind of thought like are thrown it out there is like, hey, Mad Bum, yes or no? Would you do it? You know, kind of thing. And they're yeah. like, a lot of people are like, no, I wouldn't. What? I, I don't know. I, I just don't think a lot of people respect him that way. I, I don't really know. I, I don't really feel that way. So like, I think it would be a no brainer, but. Oh, yeah. He's uh, a guy you want on this team. Yeah. But I, I think there are a large faction of people that kind of feel the other way on him. And I'm not really sure why. Hmm. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, a very mixed um, response, more mixed than I would have anticipated. Whenever I asked the question, he's just been downright elite more often than not. Yeah, he really has, and like the, I think he missed an entire, just about a, a whole year with the, the the dirt bike thing. But I mean, he's he's crawled his way back. He he doesn't throw as many strikes anymore as he used to. He he's kind of gone by the way of Verlander a little bit, and like not necessarily as dominant like strike zone wise, but just being able to trick everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got movement. Yeah. He's also extremely intimidating up there, chirping at everybody. He really is. I, I love that really about enough about that. I do too. I think it's fun. Um. All right. Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber. So Corey Kluber gets traded to the Rangers for Delino De Shields and a pitching prospect, Emmanuel Clase. I don't know who that is. He had he pitched like twenty eight innings last year. Okay. He has a cutter that goes like 102 miles an hour. Yes. Um, he has the potential to be a, a really, really good reliever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's performed at all levels of um, minor leagues. He did really well in his minimal MLB appearances last year and um, arguably one of the better unknown relievers mm. um, out there. So Kluber uh, obviously out all last year with a forearm fracture. He got hit in the forearm with the line drive. I mean, like four or five starts in. Yeah. He's getting, uh, I think, maybe a little unfairly dinged for having like mediocre starts for the first five of the year last year. I mean, and I don't know if that's really like a worthwhile judgment to make. No. Um, two he's time, on the older. A two-time Cy Young winner. He gets the benefit of yeah. the doubt. He's been really good, probably like one of the top 10 pitchers the last six years. And um, the Rangers have a pretty good rotation now that they have Kluber. They also signed Kyle Gibson. That's a big one. Um, and Jordan Lyles. So mm-hmm. that's the rotation of the Rangers is Lance Lynn, who was excellent last year. Mike Miner, excellent last year. Corey Kluber, Kyle Gibson, and Jordan Lyles. It's pretty if good. If you dude. add up all of their last performances, uh, last full year performances, the, the rotation would go 75 and 43 and have an ERA of 3.7. That's that's not terrible, man. It's not terrible. Not for a few like so. I mean, you've got a vet, you've got a couple of veterans there, like that. That's where you're, where this thing goes off the rails if it goes off the rails at all is injury, and yes. because of the fact that you're carrying a little bit older of a pitching staff. But if you get out of Lance Lynn, what you got last year, you get out. You Mike Miner manages to stay healthy another year, man. Like so. Going back to the Kluber thing real quick, like, and to kind of tie up that point, like, what were the Indians doing here? They are, in my mind, getting rid of payroll. They're under the luxury tax threshold now. So, but like, <laughs> okay, I get that. Dumbfounding. No, I know it's not that, but like, I mean, that that is ludicrous, but we've talked about that before. But like, more so than that, like, you didn't ask for some prospects for later. You asked for Delino DeShields. Yeah. I mean, I mean, 
that seems like a cost cutting, but not even really building for the future because this thing isn't going to be shit for a long time. Kind of. Don't movie. you think? Yeah, we totally fleeced them on this, right? Delano de Shields. So Delano de Shields, uh, to his credit, ended up being a very good defensive center fielder with like 29 runs saved mm-hmm. and like uh, statistically the second best base runner in baseball. Yeah. So those are two really good stats for a team who doesn't care about offense at that position. Yeah. Because he sucks at offense. No. And then, uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Then you got this this pitching prospect. We know the fucking Francona loves his bullpen. And this is like a pretty good addition to that bullpen. So those are, it's two players. Is that Corey Kluber player value? No. There's no equity in that. No, dude. At least the fuck out of them. Like, I like Delano DeShields just fine. It's not necessarily about him. What it's more about, and like, I guess I like the fact that they got a prospect, but it kind of feels like they just threw that prospect. Not a, I guess you can't really call him a prospect. Can you? I mean, is that, I don't know where you lose that tag, but. Uh, I think if he starts. It's, he's he'd still be next year be his rookie year. That's my understanding. Okay, got it. So like, you got something there, but like you didn't get to your point. You didn't replace that value of you know wins or whatever that Corey Kluber brings you. And oh yeah, but like I also just don't understand why you didn't go more prospect based and why you took Delano to Shields, who's a fine player, but like why you take him and say well we're just gonna burn this thing down, but we're not really gonna get any players either like that. That doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> if That's why I was a team, If you name a team and you name the Texas Rangers, including the Rangers, any one of the teams that exists could have given them more. Yes, absolutely. And including like, the Rangers. I will say that Corey Kluber is a he's a guy, dude. He's he's wild to follow on Twitter. If you don't like, he it I was, don't. It was no. right before he was actually traded. He was just roasting the MLB about all kinds of shit. It was great, dude. Oh no! But uh, oh, dude, it, it's a it's a fantastic follow if you haven't done it. But oh, um, shit. he uh, you know, he's a little bit of a pill. But like, I can't. I mean, it's hard to believe that that pitching staff in Cleveland stayed together as long as it did. Just given that, just some of the the egos on that team. But regardless, like they're clearly burning this down. And I mean, that's great for the Rangers, but they got absolutely killed in this trade. I think so, too. <laughs> um, they are they're getting rid of a lot of payroll. And if that's your primary goal and they got a couple guys about it, mission accomplished. But yeah, like, sure. Don't tell me you could have gotten less from like the Cardinals or something. Right. And that's that's crazy to me, man. So I, I got to think then that. You, if so, if it's someone that volatile, then you have to make sure that they're okay with being traded there, and that's probably yes. a limited amount of teams right that's there. That's a really good point. Yeah, and I'd imagine I don't know. I didn't see anything about this. I didn't I didn't read too closely into the very specific details of this, but I don't. I would think that he would have a no trade clause in his contract with Cleveland. So yeah. like I bet that he had to waive that. Is my guess. Mm, or Texas was part of the team. One Correct, of the one of the teams that. That he could be traded to. So, you know, I mean, he grew up in Capel, so I'm not surprised. I mean, man, it's a new year, new ballpark. Like, it's a, that, that's exciting, man. That's a big trade. That's a really big yeah. trade. And I mean, John Daniels, to his credit, I mean, just murdered Cleveland in that thing. Yeah, he did murder them. <laughs> I mean, they must have owed him some, something. But um, at least throw in a player to be named later. Come on, just that doesn't mean anything. Just at least throw, <laughs> just throw it in. Just, Please, <laughs> just for the just to humor everybody that you didn't get 
just taken to school that bad, but apparently they did. So, you know, I'm not so not so thrilled about our offense. I think we've got Joey Gallo and Elvis Andrews to speak of, and that's kind of it. Mm, yeah, that's really, a good Calhoun point. will probably get a, a legit shot. Um, Ronald Guzman's probably going to play first. Danny Santana's probably going to play center. Those guys are the Maytag washer dryer combo of the universe. Yeah, that's going to be and, something. I mean, offense is this is like an offensively driven organization forever, and we're not going to have that. No. Well, it'll depend on the new park, though, man. Depends on the new park. The, it can, you know, I should say. It can. That's true. Did they and, install their their new camera behind center field to make sure they can see the signs? Oh God, I hope so. I mean, I think that'd be part of the new ballpark. I'd be in the, the plans. Yeah, there's probably at least a hole in the wall somewhere in Gloria Hole, right? What an unbelievable story. <laughs> what a what a scandal. Anyway, um, so are those the big ones? Like what else has happened that we've So I, I know there's a, a ton of like smaller signings which we can kind of go through and just kind of give our general thoughts on, but like are there any other real big ones like that? The I don't think it's really that big, but it's notable to me because it's the best international signing is a guy named Yoshitomo Satsugo from Japan. Yes. Um, he is a two-year contract with the Rays. He's a first baseman outfielder guy. They gave him like $12 million. And uh, he slugs many home runs um, in Japan. So those guys usually take some adjustments to really like get in the groove in the MLB. But they're a lot of fun to watch. I think they always have like a really strange approach. And um, there's something to be said for adding a little diversity to to the MLB. I don't know. that That's my take. I, I like these international signs, especially when they come from Japan. I do too. They, so they don't have the big posting fee anymore, right? The, uh, or was it Tanaka was the last one to have that posting fee I think thing? That, yeah, right. It was like a billion dollars, $50 million or something went to the team. Yeah, because isn't like, isn't Otani only making like $12 million or his first year was like yeah. $12 million or something like that? It's so really low. So this is the same kind of thing. I think that's awesome, man. I like that the Rays are the Rays have always been bold as far as or at least they have in recent years as yeah. far as moves and stuff like that. It's just a shame they don't play in a better ballpark. It's so true. Um the Susugo guy over the last four years is hitting combined 293, uh 402 slugging of 570, oh, 574 slugging, 402 on base with 139 home runs over four years. That's absurd. So power hitter, um, it's gonna be a lot of fun to if they, if he gets up to speed. By the all-star break, that's going to be super fun to watch. <sighs> Dude, that's going to be something to grapple with in the old AL East. I'll tell you that. It's going to be an interesting yeah. year. I can't He's wait. a left-handed lefty, too. Mm. See, that makes it more intriguing. I just love those guys. They signed from Japan. They just hit the ball so weird. I know. Um, what else? <laughs> uh, let's let's talk now. about what the hell the Mets are doing. Yeah, so they signed uh, Rick Porcello. Congratulations to Rick, I guess. Yeah, I... Uh, I guess he replaced Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler yeah. needs to be spoken about. Yes, we'll get to Zach Wheeler in just a second. Uh, the thing with Porcello is you don't really specifically know what you're getting. Like, one year he'll win the the Cy Young, and then the next year he'll just poop. And then the next year he's pretty good again, and then he poops. And it just it seems like it's... and. I hate to tell the Mets this, but it's a poop year. I'll just tell you that because he was pretty decent last year, but the the Red Sox were just so bad it didn't matter um, if you really want to follow historical patterns here. But, no, I think this was a good signing for the Mets, though. I, I, I'm i okay with Boston letting him go because they're, I don't know, dude. 
Dude, they signed Martin Perez yesterday, or a couple days ago. I know, I, I know. He's a real good uh, fly ball guy or something. Oh, God, you know how I feel. Ball. You know how I feel about that. So, <laughs> Pitching to contact? I hate pitching to contact. <laughs> I get ball, that it please. has to happen sometimes, but like, there's a difference of being able to pitch to contact specifically and, and that being your ceiling versus being able to throw strikes when you want to throw strikes. So I think Martin Perez actually has a pretty good chance under right coaching to be pretty good, like a pretty okay. solid, like three, four guy. So we'll see what Boston's able to do with him. But I feel you like that's not the signing you want to see. It's definitely not. Let, let's also keep in mind that this is an organization that last year, the pitching was an absolute disaster. And so they took Dana Levangi, the, the pitching coach. They didn't fire him. They just demoted they take him. him out back. No, they take just him demoted him down to like double A. So like, yeah, what? let's coach the guys sooner how not to do it. Correct. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> that That is... Ugh, don't even... Yeah. Anyway, I, I've got <laughs> no words for the, the amount of stupidity that that, that, that breeds up. Anyway, um, so I, I like this signing for the Mets, though. I mean, to, to replace Zach Wheeler, you got to do something. And he... Has potential to be really good. He just, sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. It just really depends on the day. You know, when Porcello and Pomerantz were on the same team, I mixed them up all the time. They're both just a couple, like, normal-looking guys, and Uh, they both are fine. Dwu is a much, much, much more definable person to me, which he's back with the Padres now. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, he's like a a fatter uh, Zach Grinky. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I'm looking up Porcello's career stats here real quick. Because they're, um, again, they're not like great, but they're not impressive either. So like career, he's got a 436 ERA, but like he's got a Cy Young in that 436. So like that, that means like, that. How did he sneak that in there? Dude, it was a weird year. <laughs> like truthfully, he probably shouldn't have won the Cy Young, but like it was. 2016 was a weak year for pitching. He went 22 and four with a 3.15 ERA. It's not bad, but like overall, with Boston, I mean, his he was in Detroit before Boston, and he essentially has this about the same similar stats around that around that 4.30 area. Very boring. Very boring, but a, probably a serviceable guy in the the depth of that bullpen that they have but yeah, it was funny because I, I asked Jimmy Midtown I said are they like what's the deal with the pitching situation because they're signing like they let Zach Wheeler go but they're signing Rick Porcello what was the other pitching pitcher they signed uh, hold on Michael Walker. and oh. it's like those are pretty much the same guy so you're trying to like cobble pieces together so I asked Jimmy I was like it, what what is what's happening here? Are they like gearing up to trade somebody? And he said, and I quote, I assure you <laughs> there, <laughs> there is no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. Oh, no. So th- that made me feel less sh- sure about both of these signings, to be honest with you. Yeah. The will ponds are just, they are just scratching each other's heads. Well, they know that, Hey, we got five years left to fuck this thing up. We're going to continue to do so while we're, <laughs> we're going to cost a lot of Pete Alonzo's. All publicity is good publicity. What's the expression? Doesn't matter. Something like that. You play in New York City. What are you talking about? Anyway. um, 
What else? What other deals did you see that have kind of sparked um, your interest? Just Zach Wheeler. They signed him um, for one hundred eighteen million. Yeah, let me pull up the exact stats. I'm having trouble finding it for some reason. Yeah, so five years, one hundred eighteen. The Philly. that's fine. I think Zach Wheeler's uh, worth more than that. You think so? Yes. Let's see. So stats. Last year he had a four point one WAR, eleven and eight, three ninety six ERA. Yeah, he struck he's out one hundred ninety five. Yeah, one. he's young. I think he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's twenty nine. It's not as young as I thought, honestly. I don't. Uh, yeah, it's a fine deal for the Phillies. I could see why the Mets probably didn't want to do that deal though. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess that also assumes that the Mets knows what they're doing, which that's debatable at best. Yeah, I can't think of any other deals we need to talk about, but might be worth talking about the people that are unsigned. Yeah. So, what are the ones that uh, kind of surprise you the most that are not signed? <laughs> Dallas Keuchel again. Uh, right. What the hell? <laughs> Did he not do he enough doing this to himself? Do what? Is he doing this to himself? You almost got to wonder, right? Uh, he had an okay season. He like was very slow to start, but it ended up okay. Well, he started like halfway through the season, didn't he? I know. It doesn't matter how many simulated games you throw at the Boris compound. True. Dude, this is like this is going to tell you absolutely nothing about his season last year. He went 8 and 8 with a 3.75 ERA. Doesn't really tell you a lot. <laughs> nope. That's right down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> like just <laughs> kind of boring. <laughs> I think he had a really shitty start, and then he ended up... It was progressively getting better with like almost every start. Yeah, for sure, which is great. It, it just... I don't know. I I, I feel like I kind of get why teams aren't running out to sign it, but there's got to be value there somewhere, right? He almost... It's almost like he was pitching to contact last year. He used to be a swing and miss guy, and he's losing that. His velocity's way down. His average fastball is like 90 miles an hour or something. It wasn't, it wasn't a good year, um, and I don't think it would have been a fantastic year if he played the whole year. So I, I'm teams. Sh- if teams need pitching like the Angels, they should be talking to Dallas Keuchel. Right, I think so too. Like that seems like a no-brainer. If you're the Angels, do you pitch Andrew Heaney or Dallas Keuchel? Dude, Dallas Keuchel in a in an instant. Well, you pitch or both Darius of them. Darius Baria or whatever the fuck his name is. Like Dude, these guys are. What are they doing? You put you you get both of those guys, or you have yeah. one of them already, and just. It just doesn't seem that hard, man. I don't, I don't get it. Like, what, what are you spending three hundred and you know, like, or what are you spending seven hundred million dollars for if you're not going to spend one year a hundred mil or not a hundred million, but you know, like one year? I don't know what he, what did he sign last year? End up, it was like one year thirteen million dollars. Like, you can't give this guy twenty million. Are you, you kidding know what me? The Angels are spending it on. No. Do you want to know fish heads? Know. Oh well, yeah. There's definitely fish heads for Otani. Mm-hmm. Um. They bought Joe Madden's soul. And then also, we know that Joe Madden likes his uh, crazy travel day apparel. He's got a stipend for that. That could be in the billions. Who knows? It's a very good point. It's a very good point. I, I, it just, it also, and that's another good point about like the Angels and what they're doing because it seems like they're trying to get it in gear now that they have a good manager like Joe Madden there. That's what it feels like. And I feel bad for them being in Anaheim, so I'm kind of about it. Like, it'll be fun. I like watching teams get better and try. It's fun. Like, all the teams should be doing this. Yes, I, I agree with you. It just seems like, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It, it's uh, 
it, it just seems like they're not doing nearly what they need to be doing. But should you can you break down the Johannes Cespedes situation for the listeners? Yes. So Johannes Cespedes, I, do we ever actually find out what happened to him last year? So he signed, had signed a huge contract with the Mets, and it was a it was like a three year deal or something like that. It was a lot of money though. Yeah. And he, he then needed surgery on each of his heels mm-hmm. successively, so like not at the same time. This was in year and, one of the extension, right? Correct. And then he went and shattered his ankle on his ranch in an undisclosed incident. Yeah, he said there was some talk about him falling in some sort of hole, which made me laugh a lot because that could mean anything. I strongly believe that there's a horse involved. Mm, yes. Um, that's just my take. Maybe even a post... A ranch, yeah, maybe a lot of these Latin guys love horses. Maybe a, a post hole digger or something like that. It could really be anything. And so essentially, the Yankees, the Yankees, the Mets said, "Hey, we don't want to pay you this money because you didn't do anything." And so they basically renegotiated his deal, voided it out entirely, and you know renegotiated him and paid him for being technically on the roster last year. And they're going to be out from under it after this year which is pretty crazy. I've never seen anything like that before. When's the last time we saw him hit a baseball? It's been two years, two, two or three. Um, yeah. 2016. Yeah. Probably Holy shit. That's back when the Mets were good. Yeah. Like that was, was that was 2015 their run? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah. I mean, they were still really good at that point. Hmm. So, I mean, I mean, man, like <laughs> it's funny you bring up the Cespedes <laughs> thing because He's how Rick Porcello got to Boston from from uh, <laughs> from Detroit, and so they they basically flipped him him and Joe Kelly, but or no, uh, just him straight up. That's what it was. But anyway, it, it's really interesting, man. Like it's I've never seen anything like that in baseball done before. But I mean, good on him to be like, you know what, you're right. I didn't, you know, it was my fault or what, you know, whatever. And yeah. Clearly, they found something out about the accident. He was doing something stupid that might have been outside of his, um, like, he might have had things in his contract that say, like, you can't do certain things. He might have been doing one of those things. Right. And that's almost. A la Derek Holland playing hockey. Ben brought that up last episode, too. And I know. It was a good call out. Didn't he say that he, like, fell down the stairs or something like that? Wasn't yeah, that... he, like, tripped over his dog and fell down the stairs or some shit. Hmm. Interessante. <laughs> Mui. Yes. I don't believe it for one moment. That's all I know. I've seen those Harry Carey impressions. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap things up, man. It's been a, been a good chat. Lots of free agency stuff going on. I'm sure there'll be more to come. So, guys, make sure to be checking us out on the website, sensiblyloud.com. Make sure to check us out on Facebook. That's Sensibly Loud Media. And also on Twitter and Instagram at Sensibly Loud. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 94 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Don't text and drive. We'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah,